Welcome to the Smart Connector, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs be the leader their ideal people love. Build your influence, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. I have such an amazing guest for you tonight. Welcome, Ash Borland. Hey, Jane, how are you? <laughs> yeah, good. I've, I've been so looking forward to this interview because Ash is an incredible expert on personal brand, amongst other things, but personal brand is going to be the topic of our discussion tonight. So if you have any questions that you want to put to Ash, uh, we've got a, the chat. Uh, so just put your questions in the chat and uh, Ash will try and answer them. Uh, so anyway, let's just get into it. Ash, tell us about, about yourself. How, how did you come to have be sitting in that wonderful studio that you've got? We, we had a bit of a chat beforehand about it. It's very, very nightclub, isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit of a nightclub. Yeah, to be honest, what it actually is, is um, I'm a bit, me and my wife love to play video games. <laughs> As ah. we did. That's how we met we first well, back in the day. And so this is what like a gaming room was supposed to look like. So like I say now I was like, I'm going to make it look really cool so I can pretend like I'm still young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So how did I, how did I get here? Um, first of all, thank you so much Jane, for having me on. I'm really excited. I love this kind of chilled out um, conversational vibe anyway. Like this is really nice when you don't, when it's just kind of in the evening. Um, I, yeah, I ended up in personal branding. Um, I said to you recently, I was talking to you off air, but only in the last year or so. Um, but before then was I've done a multiple of very random jobs and careers um, that have led me to this point now, um, which has really, when you look back at it, I know somebody they call it a career web. That, you know, when you finally reach a point where all of a sudden the dots connect. And yeah. Like, oh, that that 15 years of everything I've just done actually was working towards something as opposed yeah. to just random. So, um, yeah, I ended up I started off in um, performing arts. I was a teacher as a kid um, and then moved from performing arts uh, like I was an actor singer dancer quite quite successful moved to London amazing some like West End work did all of that type of stuff and then um, I kind of like it's really obviously I don't know how deep you want me to go with the conversation as to how I got into it but uh, as far yeah. as you want <laughs> well, I'm just really interested um, yeah no so I, I got into um, performing arts, did all of that. It was like um, Les Mis, so that type of stuff, really like opera yeah. strong stuff. Um, but what I found was as as time went on, you know, you do that for a long time. I was professional from 15 and by about 21, I, I kind of had a, no looking back at it now, like it makes more sense, but then I didn't know it was, it was a mental breakdown. So I had a breakdown. I couldn't really deal with what was going on. Um, and I just ran away and I just was like, I don't want to, it's like Samson cutting off his hair with the strength. I had long hair and I just cut it all off and became a normal. I wanted to be a normal person was mm. what my words were. So I went yeah. and got a job as an estate agent. Um, yeah. And I just pushed down all of this like eccentric energy that I have and who I am as a person. I just pushed it all down because it, I was I resented it so badly. And I always yeah. wanted to be normal. Um, so I got a job as an estate agent. I bought a really you know awful suit from like Tesco's. <laughs> I was like, just, you know, your typical horrible slimy estate. Like not, I don't like agents, but it's, you know, I just was so not me, but it was so fun to do that for about a year. I did it for about a year and I'm quite a high achiever. I never really think of myself as that, but now I know I am. And so yeah. knowing that thinking that I'm going to sit in a job for five minutes or 10 minutes and be there for a long time, you know, it's never going to be the case. And so within two years I'd set up, I'd got my mortgage exams, set up a financial services firm and done everything like that. And, and um, about three years into my kind of finance journey, I was still that stuffy guy in a suit. And um, I had a bit of a, a, a run in with, with a potential client or a potential like, introducer. And, and I just, I, I lost the contract and I was thinking, Oh, what am I going to do? And um, I turned, I just randomly, I don't know why I did it. It set everything for the course for the rest of my life, I think. Um, but I had an iPhone 5S at the time, and I just sat there, and I and I um I was self-employed, work from home, and I just sat there, and I propped this phone up against a mug, mm -hmm. and I just I went live on Facebook, and I went live, and I said, and I was was like, let me tell you all about the pros and cons of um, help to buy. I was just stuff that people ask me all the time. I just started talking, and then I did it every day. 
and it blew, grew and it grew and it grew and it turned out that I ended up being one of the first ever like financial advisors to do video content and it just skyrocketed. Wow. Um, and yes, what I started to realize was all of this stuff I'd trained in, which was performing, yeah, branding, because personal branding was all part of the course we did. Yeah. All of a sudden just came back with vengeance, you know, like when all of us like and like people didn't everyone was like, well, why are you so good at it? Like, why are you so entertaining? How can you hold your voice? How can you and I'd forgotten, you know, I'd forgotten. And um fast forward then to like a year ago and I I um I was a very I I'd learned all about psychology, NLP, behavioral economics, everything that I could do to cram it into personal branding and um just made the decision to go full time. And uh, because I realized this space is very limited, there wasn't mm -hmm. many people in it. And most of them were digital marketers or they were, uh, to be fair, nearly all of them are digital marketers and I'm not, I'm a performer. So yeah. I, I'm a performer and a business owner at heart. So it was understanding like, I don't, you know, how can you actually um, make people, you know, you said about that you're excited to have me on. That is a feeling that's created. That's a feeling that's created. And how can you do that? And you can, you can teach that. And um, cause that's all it is with performing. So, that's how I ended up here. It's such a random story, but it's like a a really weird thing, you know. Like you you um kind of find yourself again after you've after many years of not. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know it's really interesting that you come from that background, Ash, because actually uh, my early career was also in theatre and film, but I worked as a designer. Oh, but nice. I did actually do a little bit of performance, mostly when I was at college, actually, because I then decided I wanted to be a designer. But I think when you've been in that kind of environment, it's in you. And you you really have to brand yourself from the word go, don't you? Because yeah. um, it's a very competitive environment and um, it's very unstable. It's very insecure. You know, there are people coming up all the time. And so you have to learn to stand out. And, you know, even in my case, obviously, as I said, I was doing design, not performance. But when I saw your videos on LinkedIn, you immediately resonated with me because I thought, I know where this guy comes from. You know, this guy's got, you know, he's got a professional background. It's either that or he's just got this kind of, you know, really powerful natural talent. Um, so it really stands out because most people, of course, that go live on video for the first time, including me actually uh, their videos are terrible and uh, it really does take a while just to kind of get into the habit of doing them and get anything like um, a, a professional look and feel but yours are very very polished and so um, yeah I, I can see how it's all come together for you. It's definitely and that's like nice I can kind of tell as well you know, as soon as you said that again it makes sense I think it takes one to know one with stuff like that it yeah. is a creative and I think that industry was such a like one thing it taught me and i think you've heard maybe the same for yourself was the rejection that caused me to have that breakdown when i was too young to really understand it oh. shaped who i am now and mm -hmm. um the reason why i get i'm successful in what i do now is i'm really unprecious about my own like my content i don't care if people like it or don't like you know i'm not really bothered um but i think you have to go in like through the the trenches of that you know the, the 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 amount of rejection and i said that to someone before on a different on a different podcast i said you know like when you understand when you realize that like with personal branding the one thing it's taught me or oh, sorry with, with performing because part of personal is actually how you look yes we talk about that because it's 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 um a taboo topic you know we mm -hmm. don't talk about that because that's not it's not sexy it's not it's not um pc but the truth is we are judged by the way we look and, and present ourselves. Yes. And in the performing arts world, that really allowed me to embrace that earlier, which I think has given me a bit more of a leg up on my competitors, purely because of that reason alone, is that I'm not too worried about people judging the way I look or sound. Yes, a really, really good point. And I, I actually uh, ran a design agency, so I spent six years with people uh, looking at me from head to toe. Mm. And actually seeing, you know, if I didn't wear designer clothes, they would notice straight away. Yeah. So they would literally look me up and down, have a look at everything, the shoes, you know, the jewellery, you know, trying to kind of assess, well, how successful is this person? And how can I tell from all these accessories and the clothes? And, oh, wow, that, that is such a pressure. So, yeah. I mean, in comparison, this is 
it's easy, right? <laughs> oh no, I agree. I think it is. Like, there's no. Um, yeah, I think it's easy, and I, I try. I but like, that's so true. Like, people will judge you on that. You know, can you hear me? By the way, is it okay or is it a bit quiet? I can. Um, I'm just trying to sort my mic out. I've got myself in an awkward angle. <laughs> um, but no, I think you're so right. Like, people do judge the way you look, and if you're if you're in a design world, your job is to you. I would advise if anyone was my client in branding for that, you should you need to be in design, like proper design stuff, because yeah, it, people will know. You know, the ones who know, the ones who do know will know. And mm. they're the ones usually who will be your client. And that's what people don't get. You know, like I would know straight away. Like I can see the foam thing from your mic, you know, at the beginning. So to me, that little bit of foam, because I've got it all over my walls, that sends a signal to me. You go, no, this is obviously professionally done. And that's the way you, you know, there's these little things that these triggers. So it does matter. It really does matter. But we don't, we're, we're trained not to talk about or we're told not to talk about that. I remember getting in a heated debate on LinkedIn about someone <laughs> saying, um, someone said, would it make a difference? Would your decision on somebody be judged by the, if they had a lap, a Mac or a PC laptop? And everyone said, it's not about that. It's about the work. And I obviously read, I was like, actually, I'd hate to tell you this, but from a behavioral psychology point of view, the laptop has more impact than you realize. Because if I, if you, this, it's what it represents. And if, if I'm a Mac user and you're a Mac user, I'm going to automatically be slightly more atoned to you and slightly more warm to you as opposed to someone who potentially comes in with a non-Mac user. Yes. Um, and I think we don't talk about it because we, because, but it's just human nature. Yes, yes. Well, well, exactly. Because we all like people that are like ourselves, don't we? So, so it's our shortcut, isn't it? It's like code for you're in the same tribe. Exactly. So that is that is one of the things that 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 is the reason why we develop personal brands as opposed to just um, you know putting faceless stuff out there, right? Exactly. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. No, it's very yeah. true. So we've got a, a question here um, from John Francis uh, Hannon. Question on geolocation as a brand. How do you integrate a personal brand with a geographic location? For example, Alex from the French Riviera. Wow, that's, I've never had that one before. Um, <laughs> good question. That is a good question. Um, so that, I've never had that before. So let me get my head around it trying to understand the question. So you're saying that how are you like getting yourself known as as like Alex from that specific place? Is that what he's saying? So that you're so mm. yeah. How do you integrate? I think I think he's uh, I think he's saying if you want to associate yourself with a certain location, for uh, example, obviously the French Riviera is aspirational, isn't it? It's upmarket. Um, it it can be part of your personal brand that that uh, you come from that part of the world. Yes. There are certain associations with the Riviera, yeah. aren't there? I guess that's that's what he's saying. Okay, I've got it now. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it's like anything. I I would I think I'm going to try and take it from two different ways where I would go with it. So it's like anything. It's just got to be into what into into interwoven. In the word interwoven into your um, it is a personal brand is made up of five areas, and one of those areas is a story, and um, that story needs that you need that that geolocation, the actual location to be interwoven into that story and if you if you do that then it'll be part of it'll be reflected in every single thing you do mm -hmm. through that story now i actually now it makes sense john yeah. because i'm looking at because actually when i was a performer i massively dug deep into i was living in london but i'm from cambridge mm -hmm. and i became ash from cambridge because i was using that as part of my thing because it was posh you know like and it was one of those where oh he's the only one from cambridge um, <laughs> and how i did that and, I, and it's um, silly but it's so true like when i look back at it i did because i knew that would make me stand out because people would go oh do you know so and so he's from cambridge as well it was a very but how you do it is you just intertwine it into everything you do i don't think it's i wouldn't say it's something that i massively would would i think there's other things you could probably focus on um it all depends, you know, it all depends. But that kind of geolocation is, um, I think that's stuff that we don't really have much control over because it's a bit like if, what country you're from. You know, my wife is Cypriot, so she's always the Cypriot. So I think that will be a similar thing. I think it's more about your story as to what 
your connection is with the French Riviera. Mm. If you don't have a connection with it, but you want to, then you're going to have to do some. It'd be a lot of work, I can imagine, to to change. Yeah. So, so do you have a food story or a yacht story or a rosé wine story? I mean, I spent quite a lot of time in the south of France and <laughs> all of those things I associate with the French Riviera. So I think it's it's all about the detail, isn't it, as opposed to necessarily just a broader geographical location. Yeah, it's exactly what you're saying about, you know, going into the designers. You know, it's the same thing with, like as you are saying there before. The people who would know that, you have to use the subtle cues of it. You have to use those things of... I know, you know, like as you said, then if you're in the south of France, you would know that it's all these other things that that scream the French Riviera when I'm not there. Um, you know, like my my father-in-law is literally like, you can't get more Greek than my father-in-law. You know, everything he could be in the middle of England and he screams Greek in the way he looks, the way he dresses, the way he sounds, everything he uses. So I think it is, um, as you said, it's probably more what you use when you're not in the French Riviera. It's probably quite expensive, though, if you have to do that. <laughs> Imagine all the fancy wine and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, fancy wine on the beach. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, Ash, you mentioned that there are five, did you say five pillars of personal brand um, success? So let's just get into that a little bit. Yeah. And so um, can you can you just tell us what they are? Of course I can, yeah, yeah. So. Um, personal branding is built up of it's called an ecosystem. So there's five areas that are pillars and whatever, like they're different terms. And they've been around for a long time. Everyone kind of knows them and we all have them. So every one of us has these five areas. And the problem is 90 to 95% of us are um we we these are just we don't really pay any attention to them. You know, we just let them do their own thing. Mm. And so they are happening, but we're just not controlling them. Now when you so we're all building a personal brand every one of us explain what five of the five are but to understand the backstory behind it first now every one of us has it but what what like i would do with somebody and what i do with, when i work with people and if you work with any personal brand coach of any kind or someone who's in the specialist in this area their job is to get gain clarity and consistency in all five of these areas so okay. that you can so that you're all pulling in the one direction and the reason why that's important is that the the our, our human attention span is like eight seconds mm. eight seconds which is scary mm. which means that if it takes me longer than eight seconds to figure out what you do or what you're what you're about then i'm going to move on to the next thing so it's not about being the best it's about being the most seen and the most clear with the message you deliver so mm. understanding that these five areas which we've kind of spoken about one already or two technically but you have physical identity Mm -hmm. digital identity story and i'll go through individual we can ask me questions on them if you want to but like so story network and social proof so all five of those areas mm -hmm. every one of us has it um now all fights for so to get an, an absolutely incredible personal brand all five of them have to be effectively all pulling in the same direction so they mm -hmm. all have to be effectively saying if i i know that if i met you in real life and then i saw you online and then i heard about you from social proof for somebody else and then i met and then i saw who you were hanging out with so you're saying about james that like we were saying about james off air so yeah. like you, all these people and these things they will reinforce this brand you've built yes um, and that's what it is in a nutshell I, mean, I could go down that rabbit hole but i have like i could talk about this stuff for hours this just this thing alone so i'm very like trying to hold myself back unless you ask questions because i can bless like everyone will be like what is he talking about <laughs> but it's built up of those five areas and um there's no way around like you you all have them whether you think you do or you don't um mm -hmm. and so the, the most successful ones are the people who, who clean them up and get really clear in what they are yeah um and what a lot of people get confused about i think ash is the sort of intersection between personal brand and business brand and that's something that i i've been asked or i've heard people talk about in the past and i know that i saw you did a video about that so they say well what should i what's more important if they're a business owner should i put emphasis on my personal brand or should it be my business brand and what what is the intersection how do they work together yeah it's quite interesting this question keeps coming up a lot actually at the mm -hmm. moment 
Yeah. As, as personal branding is becoming more and more popular, mm-hmm. I think more and more people are asking it because, um, because like two years ago, no one even thought about it. <laughs> um, it seems to be quite popular now. Um, so it's a, it's a really funny question. Um, as it's a funny one to answer. Sorry. So it's a brand is a brand. You know what I mean? Like the term personal brand is just applying it to a person. That's all. We're just applying it to a person. And then you can get even deeper down that rabbit hole to say there's a personal brand as a person. And then there's a personal brand as making a corporate entity or a business feel mm-hmm. personal. So mm-hmm. things like, um, the you know, compare the market, the, the meerkats and um, and all of that. So I mean, the old, old um cereals are the best ones because they're all cartoons like tony the tiger and stuff they, they're like creating personal brands they're creating a face to a brand um but so a business brand you follow this a similar you know they that business brand would still have those five ecosystem areas but it would be a much larger scale the issue though i find that a lot of people have is building your personal brand or building your business brand as an entrepreneur so let's just say if you're that that's really hard. It's a really hard decision because I don't. I don't think you can do both. I actually don't. Oh, uh, the more I, the more I say that like, you can do both, but I think what you'll do is you'll you'll you can do both, or you, you'll never you're never going to achieve greatness in either. I think you have the odd one or two, of course. You know, you've got Elon Musk and Tesla. You've got all of these businesses out there that that are examples of it, but they are a they're the, they're the few out of the many that have failed it, you know. So I think you have to decide from yourself what do you want. So um, if you're building a business and your plan, what is the plan for that business? So if your plan for that business, and that's what I work with clients on, is if your plan for that business is to to um, build it, create an empire, sell it, you know, then realistically, um, a personal brand is least is not as important potentially as having a strong business brand because when you sell a business that's where the asset is but if you're someone who's like a solopreneur or you're somebody who um like rob moore in the uk is really well known for that like great personal brand if you're someone who you're building it for you and you have no you you want your type person who if you're like me like i don't really want to retire and you're going to live you you just like evolving and growing you're better off building a personal brand so it's about what you want from it but if you do both of them at the same time I think it's like if you have a degree, you've got your major and your minor, you're either going to be always have both, but which one is going to be the main driving point? Um, and I think what I find with a lot of people is they think it's building a business brand because they've got this aspiration of selling it. Mm-hmm. Yet when I speak to many people, when we start to dive deep into it, there's actually no way of them selling that business anyway. So, you know, there's no way it's not a, a saleable business. Yeah. It's a service-based business. Um, so they're better off building a personal brand. Yeah, I mean, our design business was actually sold in the end to a, a US communications group called Interpublic. But we had about 40 employees by that time. So I think, um, you know, early stage businesses, inevitably, they are going to be built around the founder. And so the, I think the personal brand comes first these days anyway. Um, and the idea of it, you know, the business brand being paramount right from the beginning, I think is only really relevant if it's a certain type of business, yeah. perhaps just, to, you know, an online, um, you know, an online exclusive uh, business that is just um, dealing with relatively low value, large numbers of relatively low value transactions, like it's some kind of an e-commerce business. Yeah. Um, but certainly in the expert space, personal brand is where, where it's at, isn't it? 100%. In fact, that's something I'd, I'd love to add to that with what you said, because I think um, like that's the issue. As you said, like, well, by the time you reach the, the business, you said like you sold it with 40 employees. Mm. You know, like you look at someone like, like Richard Branson, like it starts with Richard. And as that grows, inevitably, if you grow a strong personal brand, you will build businesses that will be able to be sold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it is a chicken and the egg thing. You're very right with that. Like, But I think most of the people who I speak to that I find quite comical, especially when people ask the question, it's funny is 
they're, they're planning for 10, 20 years in advance in a world that potentially could not even exist. You know, I've told right at the beginning, told you about my different career journeys. I never yeah. turned around and went, I'm going, like, probably yourself, you didn't probably go, I'm going to do this. Things just crop up. The one thing I've learned, though, is I'm always going to be me. So yeah. that's a huge investment. If I'm always going to be me. And as I start building my personal brand, yeah, you know, I was a financial advisor two years ago. Now mm. I'm like one of the, like a leading expert in personal branding, which is scary, you know? So when you look at the two with that, but my brand, that was the same brand equity that's moved across. Whereas if it was my, my mortgage business that died a death, no one knows what that's called. And, you know, like, and this, <laughs> so it's, it's a really like a funny one. I think if you've got lots of employees and things, absolutely. But, um, but if you, I think most of the time you're better off, especially in now with what's going on now with COVID and yeah. things like that. You future-proof. I had a guy on my podcast come on called Philip Van Dusen, and he said um, he's like a big branding guy in the U- U.S. And he was like, "I um, what he said was he said personal branding is insurance." And he said you're insuring your future career for yourself yeah. so that you don't have to ever take like um, like orders from anybody else. Mm. And, he said, and that's and I think in a time right now with COVID and everything that's happened. The people who had strong personal brands, they're the people who are being employed. If, they, yeah. if, they, if you're in the employed world, you know, or well, they're the people getting hired. So I think I think everyone should, I would say that, but I think everyone should have a personal brand. Yeah, and actually I know Rob Moore quite well. In fact, he was on my podcast not so long ago and I, I was on his marketing mastermind. In fact, I'm still on it. He's great. I, lo- I, I think Rob's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He's very, very good on on this on this topic. And he always says the thing about uh, personal brand is that, as you said, it's an insurance policy. If your business fails, there's there's you, you know, nobody can take you out of the equation. So you can, you know, it it is it is insurance, really, because um, because, you know, as long as you are recognized and as long as you have you've created assets, I mean, you've created a lot of assets, Ash. Obviously, this podcast is an asset. Yeah. Um, so you are out there. People can find you. You're searchable. And it doesn't really matter, of course, what happens to your business. It's a private thing, you know, that it, to a certain extent. You know, you get satisfactions from it, maybe some disappointments. It goes up and down. And that is um, what happens in most businesses. But one thing that you can keep consistent because you do have control over it is your personal brand. And you can be out there week in, week out, day in, day out, um, just building, building, building and putting those assets out there. And, um, you know, I think it's incredible, really, the impact of that. Really, really powerful because people just see you differently, don't they? absolutely like and we keep like we keep talking about rob you know on here like so i'm a big fan of rob's i think rob is great at what he does we've got some mutual friends and i think he's a great guy because he he's a very good example of a personal brand close to home i think we always look at the english the the, the americans and that's why i like to bring him up if i can because i think he's a glowing example of it he annoys people which is a great <laughs> which is a brilliant thing for personal branding because if he annoys them he's polarizing so he's a great example oh yes usually polarizing he's he's individual he's eccentric um and i think you you're so right with with, and with with what we like to echo what you said then it's exactly the same it's exactly that you do have control over it you are the person in control and he's a living breathing example of it the guy's retired three times now i think isn't he and he says well, he, say, he says he's in retirement now although he's, he's living on clubhouse at the moment <laughs> that's all he is every every time i see him he's just on clubhouse yes um, but yeah like it's i think it's um you know the fact that we're talking about him here shows just the power of it you know it shows yeah, the power yeah. of it. and i think um everyone should do it and you're saying about assets you know that's the other thing i noticed with with personal branding was whatever you're building now and, and this kind of changed my perception. But I heard a quote. I can't remember who said it, but I was being interviewed by somebody, and they said, "Whatever you are passionate about now, there's actually a very high chance that it ends up being your career in the next decade." Oh. And, it's, and I was like, "No, that's not true." You know, and I was listening to it, and it really shook me because I was like, and then I started to look, and I was like, "Actually, all the people I know, that's the case." So mm-hmm. if you have got a hobby that you want to build your personal brand around your hobby, not your business. That's absolutely fine because it could be your business in the future. And I think that's the thing, you know, that people don't get is that it doesn't have to just be work. It can be personal as well. 
Yeah, yeah. And and actually, I've been doing a little bit of work recently on um, really doing some deep dive on client avatar. Mm. And uh, the interesting thing is, and I realized this about 18 months ago, but it's become more and more apparent to me that a lot of the time our client avatar is an earlier version of ourselves. Yeah. So we kind of evolve into the person that, first of all, we have we have the problem, we have the issue, we have the interest and the passion, and then we, we become seekers. And then we go out there and just like you have with your per, with your personal brand stuff, it's something like, do you know what? I really love this stuff and, and I could be good at that. And actually it comes naturally to me. And then you go and develop that expertise and then you end up helping other people and um that that is very typical isn't it i think yeah to add to that like i how that happened you so like it is the early person of who you are because i think we get this imposter syndrome that's something anyone who's thinking about building their personal brand it was with me you know my mentor is a guy called mark taccio so mark is a um behavioral economist he's a doctor in behavioral economics and he's an amazing man um he's not well known or anything but he's just very an amazing man Uh, and super intelligent and i was like i need to understand the brain in order to understand branding mm-hmm. when i met him for the first time, i went to his house and he was the first person to give me that impetus you talk about about um like the that kind of feeling of like your who your client avatar is and stuff and i was chatting to him him he heard me on a podcast and he said can you come round to my house and i'll talk you through it so i was like yeah sure and um i remember sitting with him and i was talking through my mortgage stuff his video stuff for mortgages and i was chatting, and he, he turned around and said why are you not he's a big consultant he said why are you not doing this why is this not your full-time job i've gone into everything about the psychology of branding everything he was like ash he said i've paid people thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds that know less than what you've just told me and i was like no, no i said i'm no i'm just i was like i'm just a financial advisor mark i was like i'm just a financial advisor like i don't and he was like really and it's been his joke all the way through he, he and it really wound me up actually i was like who are you telling me what I found was, and it was him that kind of freed that, was once I started, and this again, Philip Van Dusen echoed this as well, was what he said, go out and just talk about what you know. And this is what Mark, Mark said as well. He said, go out and talk about what you know. He said, and see if people are interested. He was like, but just talk about it. He said, because you told all this stuff you told me, like I would listen to that over and over again. Yeah. And you do. And, and every day I just would make, I just set a goal to myself. I'm going to make a video every day. Mm-hmm. That was like, just one minute, just one minute. Yes. One minute video every day. And that wasn't for people. That was actually for me to just go, what do I know? The manifesto. I was like, well, actually, what do I actually know? I I know that I know a lot, but do I know a lot? And what happened was I didn't break it. I kept going for like like nearly a year. You know, you sit and you go, well, I know a lot then. And um, and you'll be all, everyone in this, in in anyone who's watching this and who's listening to this, you'll be shocked by what you know. And also what you don't, you don't have to then know it you can go and research it and then give it back. All you have to do is know more than the person who has employed you or is following you. Yeah. Every one of us, we say about Rob, Rob will have mentors. I have mentors. Yeah. Like, you know, I, my mentor, my, my mentees will have mentor, mentor people. It's the same thing. And I think we have this idea that someone has to know it all. And they don't. They just have to know more than, as you said, the avatar, the person just a little bit before you where you were. Yeah, and really our, our job is to be uh, curators of that knowledge for other people, isn't it? Because it's true, it is all out there. Anything that you want to find out about, anything I want to find out about, it's that there we are, we just go on Google really, don't we? And, and it's all there. But um, the choices are overwhelming for people. And if they needed some direction, I mean, for example, in something like, like personal brand, you really wouldn't find all the answers on Google. You would just get overwhelmed. And it's um, people need people to lead and show them the way, don't they? Yeah, I think that's that's exactly it. It's curation. That's a, uh, a really beautiful way of putting it. I've never really heard it that way, but it's very true. Is that like my, my my overwhelming thing when I first jumped on was just how many when I started Google personal branding. I didn't even know it was called that at the time. You know, it was very, but like that's that when you, you can be overwhelmed there's an abundance of information and so i i create my, my i've got my own method which is called the mastery method which is the bits i've curated and gone this has does this yields results and i think that's the thing that we all that's our job as as people as you say as coaches anyone who is doing this 
it's the the information is not what we sell it is the curated version of it yeah go I, I work with a tiktok coach as in i have a coach that, that, that to help me with tiktok and um i know all of that stuff i know how social media and algorithms work but i am paying him to teach me how it works on that specific platform to save yeah. me hours of you know countless hours of going through it and it's yeah. money well spent because it's because it's his specific method mm -hmm. and i think that's the thing that um that people get confused about is that just because it's online doesn't mean that you can't sell it you know i think that's the, definitely a thing that people find hard yes yes now let's let's just get into the social media platforms for a minute uh, ash because Obviously, there are there are a lot out there, aren't there? I mean, there's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Obviously, they're the big ones. Then TikTok is climbing in popularity for business. Then we've got Clubhouse, and of course, we've got Twitter, and then we've got all of the you know Pinterest and all the other ones. Um, and I think it, a lot of the the problem with that is that um, solopreneurs or small business owners can get very very overwhelmed, and they can try and be everywhere all at once, but it doesn't really work, does it? Um, if you spread yourself too thinly, what what would you say to that? Um, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. I, I think this is a hard one because um, it's just to, there's a lot of misinformation on this one. I think it's, you're very right. So you can watch someone like Gary Vee, and it's like go everywhere, be everywhere, do everything at all times, and that doesn't really yeah. work. Um, you'll just burn out. <laughs> um, well, yes. if you don't have his team, obviously you're exactly. just Gary V doesn't know. He doesn't know how to edit. I love Gary's content, but I'm saying like, Gary doesn't know how to edit the videos. He's not captioning those videos. No. He's got hundreds of people that work for him to do it. And I, I agree with that. But um, I think what I what I found is, and I'm a big believer in this, is pick pick one main, I call it, so I call it a one, two, three strategy. So I say like pick one thing, just one. I don't mean not social media. First of all, do not build your house on social media. Build your house on a long-form, searchable content. Anyone who's listened to this and who's watching this, the biggest mistake I ever made was building, and, and anyone who's, who's, who knows their soul will tell you this, is building, your, building a business on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook is really short-lived because when that platform dies, and it will, it will, it will just not so much die, it will move into the where Facebook is now, for example, where not many people are using it. The younger audience are not coming to that platform. So mm -hmm. we're now not getting more people on there. So it's going to dry out. So you need to build your, I call it your house um, on the rocks. You need to build it in a, a strong foundation. And mm -hmm. that is only really three places. YouTube, podcasting, blogging. Oh, well, that's YouTube. the first time I've heard anybody explain it that clearly. That's fantastic. Oh, really? Great information there. That's all it is. So, you, and the reason why that's the case, just so people know, is that YouTube blogging or podcasting is that YouTube, YouTube right now takes the, the win personally. So, if you're going over the the easiest one, blog YouTube and blogging would take the win. Podcasting is a long game, but I'm in that and you're in that. So, I think it's the I think it's the right. I think it'll have the most results in the next decade, and you're going to reap that results and the rewards in the next decade. But YouTube is a search engine. So you're gonna. The, what I say to this with people is, if you put a video on your on Facebook, it goes onto Facebook and then it goes, and it's gone. And then what? Then you have to go. Okay, well, um, I, I'm gonna post another one. <laughs> Whereas actually, you spent time to create that asset. That's a brand asset. Yeah. So that that on YouTube, use some software like really cheap software like TubeBuddy to be able to to um, S search engine optimize it. It's very easy. Once you know how to do it, it's not very expensive. Search engine, optimize it, chuck it onto YouTube and leave it because you don't know that that question might be, you might get 10 views on that video, mm -hmm. but seven, eight years, nine years time, you, there might be that one guy, all of a sudden it just becomes super, super important. And you might generate business from that question when someone says, so this is what people don't get with social. And then all you do is use your, use your social media and you can use all of them then because this is this is when you can be on all of them use them as distribution tools so in other words just a small clip of whatever it is your main thing is yeah and i go live on linkedin every day um and as i know that you see it i go live on linkedin every day five days a week mm. that 
like people see me everywhere. But the truth is, I only do that. That's my only thing. Like, I don't do anything else. That live goes live on LinkedIn. And the reason why I go live instead of upload is because it's easier. StreamYard's such a great bit of kit. And also, it allows me to, it means that also everyone gets notified every morning when I'm live. Yeah. Every morning, Ashbourne is live. I don't need you to actually see, I don't need you to watch it. I just need you to see my name on your phone screen because it's going on my phone screen, on everyone's phone yeah. screen. Yeah. Then I upload that to YouTube, upload that to my podcast, clip that, and then turn it into a blog. Wow. That takes me less than, to film it and record it, takes me less than an hour a day. So that's like smart social, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I, people think I work really hard at it, and I don't. You're just consistent. You just put it yeah. in the right yeah, well, well, as you said, it's consistency, isn't it? It's consistency and having a system. Yes. And consistency and consistent systems, they they work, don't they? Because, uh, well, I mean, there is another thing, of course, which is that not everybody can go live on LinkedIn. In fact, it's quite a rare privilege, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite hard to get. Like, I've just had one of my clients have finally been given it because it's a brilliant thing. But that's where, like you say, with LinkedIn, like the lives, so my, my thing that I found was I'm quite happy to work. And, and this is like with anybody is you've got to, if you want people to take notice of you, you have to make them take notice of you. Yeah. My, I always call it, I, I was joking. I call it the water on rock strategy, um, oh. which because people used to laugh at. And, and, um, and one of my other, one of my other mates, who's a videographer, I said to him, he said, um, aren't you worried about people like, you know, getting bored or whatever? And I said, my goal is just to be so like loud and over the top that eventually you'll be like, okay, fine. What is this guy doing? And, <laughs> and, um, that is what, that's what um, link like lives are about, but that's what like being showing up every day is about. You know, if you're consistent, you know, you wouldn't have potentially Jane, you probably wouldn't, you know, if you just seen one of my videos, it wouldn't be like, Oh, I want to have him on the show. Well, I get lots of messages when people have followed me for about six months and they've got they're like, Wow, I you do not stop. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like there he is again. And it's yeah. like, you know what? I, I better start watching this guy. You know, he's there every single morning. And then every time I every time I kind of tune in, even if I only watch for like a minute or something like that, he's talking about personal branding again, or he's talking about <laughs> it's like I've got to have this guy on my show. I really have. <laughs> that's the thing is that, you know, that everyone can do that. And that's what like all I, all that was, and that was just advice that was given to me from this behavior by my mentor, the behavioral psychologist, the behavioral economist, sorry, was like, just be one thing every day. You know, this is the issue that many people don't get is if you said, if you are the clearest and the most consistent over time, he said, they'll add, but they said, because this is the problem with personal branding. They say, show everything about yourself. Don't show everything about yourself. Just talk about one thing. Every day, every day, without fail, the same thing, because it reprograms people's brains to the mm. point where, and that's where you talk about the, the, all of this stuff, you know, behind me, you said about my studio, everything is designed, even down to my weird haircut. I have a weird haircut. I have like a top knot, long hair, shaved side of the head. It's all designed to make you go, it is that guy. All the yeah, time. And it works. And it does work. And we can all do that. It's just about willing to you're only going to stand out if you're willing to accept it and i just say it with everybody you can just just show up and that's where it takes time you only have to outlast everybody else that's all but i also think the thing about you is that you're clear you're very passionate aren't you and and that comes across in your um in your videos because you really do care about this topic and you really do find it interesting and um i think sometimes when people are boring or when the videos are boring, it's because some people pick up on energy, don't they? And sometimes you can see whether people, they're just either not really sure what they're talking about or perhaps they're not terribly inspired by the subject themselves. So it does help, doesn't it? If it's a topic that you really care about and that um, you can you can find five days a week to find a new angle or a different angle or just say something in a different way. I mean, that is going to be challenging for a lot of people, right? Isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think the one thing that I found when I knew this was when I started doing mortgage videos, mm -hmm. I was doing the same thing then. I was very passionate. I'm a very passionate guy. Like I'm very all in type of guy. And um, which is why things always work, you know, like because I'm, I'll put my expectation to my output <laughs> is the is the right thing. Um, but what I what I the feedback I'd always get was 
which is where I realized it maybe was the wrong career. And as we saw about other people, they were like, I love to listen to you, but I really don't like the topic. <laughs> but they go, but I would listen to you because I really love your enthusiasm and the way you talk. So what that made me, well, that's feedback. Okay, well, the topic's not great, but people do want to listen to me. So I need to find the right topic. I still don't know if 100% it's still this one. You know, I think it could be something else. I definitely should have been a DJ at some point in my <laughs> era. But I think that's the hardest bit is you have to be able to talk about it every day, day in and day out. Um, and I think if you can't, and I get that, because um, I couldn't talk about lots of things like that all the time, mm. it really does become hard. It becomes um, very near impossible to keep it up, to be completely honest. I mean, one of, one of the best bits of advice I was given by a guy called Bob Gentle was, you're going to be your number one fan for the next three years, so you better like what you talk about. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a, that's a really powerful, a powerful um, message because realistically, but we can all, every one of us, if you're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur or even just in your job, it's about what I find with it is it's about um, you know finding the fun within that job. So I was I've always been one of these sad when I was I I'm a dyslex I was dys I'm dyslexic and the idea of being a dyslexic mortgage advisor is the you you is terrible. But I would find I'm an artistic guy. And so I would I would I would sit in my office with my thing and I would put on classical music and I would like I would think of that thing, like my this case, and I would think of it as if it was, I was painting a picture and that that I was writing a book and it'd be like that this is somebody's case and I'm gonna tell their story. And um because that's who I am, I'm a creative. Yeah. So, I tried to find whatever creative thing I could find <laughs> in such a dull job. And I think that's what, you know, we can all do that. We can find the beauty in, in any dull subject. I hate fishing, but you ever hear somebody talk about fishing and they, and they love it. You're just like, I actually still want to listen to it, even though I don't, <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually remember once I had uh, actually one of my bosses who I also interviewed for the podcast, but he was, <laughs> an events agency boss, a really fantastic brand guy who retired when he sold his business and right. went to uh, bought a vineyard in New Zealand and became, you know, just one of the one of the most fantastic kind of sought after wine brands from that region. But he actually was crazy about scuba diving and diving with great white sharks. And I remember Ooh. one I went on a like a 10 hour flight with him and he talked nonstop for the whole flight about great white <laughs> scuba diving with them. And by the end, I was like, do you know what? I'm I, I know everything there is to know about this subject. And I don't think I'm ever going to do it myself, but it's fascinating. And it was just the way that he talked about it. It's storytelling, isn't it? It's storytelling, yeah. And I think that's the the, 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 the thing, you know, if, if, if people will listen to mortgage stuff, they'll listen to anything. Mm, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's just finding that the thing I always love about it as well is like, you know, like I said, I said with that all the time with the finance thing, they'd be like, it's just dull. And I was like, yeah, but can you go to the pub? Can you go out for a meal without anyone asking you a question about the property industry? Or obviously we're like a moth to a flame. They have to ask a question. So that does, that means that actually you are, you know, you are going to be, um, you know, it, it is an interesting topic. The problem is, I think, is that we all feel like, I think, and this is a social media problem, is we all feel like we are influencers. And so we have to be, um, you know, like like big time influencers. But the truth is, like, if your topic isn't sexy, you know, quote unquote sexy, but it's really valuable. Yeah. And people still need to hear that. It just yeah. is not going to gain a community in the same way because it's not something you come back to all over and over again. But you still have, there's a place for it, definitely. Yeah, and the, I guess the, there's a there's a niche for everybody, isn't there? It's just about finding the right audience, and you know, you, you just that that's a challenge for everyone, isn't it? But uh, yeah. it's better, to, as you said, to be known for one thing and to find the audience or the tribe that are they're out there and they're looking for you, rather than just try and be a generalist because it's a lot harder, isn't it, to make an impact if you're jumping about from one topic to another and you know going broad. It, yeah, actually, it it, um, it destroys credibility. Just absolutely destroys credibility. You know, you, you're better to go deep into one topic. Well, it depends on what you want. But, you know, I believe if, if you want to build a personal brand, like a really well-known in one area, go deeper into that. 
Brilliant. Well, we've got some more questions here. We're going so, geo. We've got geo, a lot of geo questions. A lot of geo questions. <laughs> yes. Before we get to the, the next geo question, uh, we've got Andy who says, what's your favourite brand uh, and what are they display as attributes that you love about them? Ooh. Now, because this is a personal brand um, to, uh, podcast, let's start there. So who are your favourite personal brands, Ash? I have, I have, um, I have five, but most of you guys won't know who they who they are. I, the, the, there's the best personal brand in the world, um, which isn't my is not my favourite by a long shot, but it's definitely the best one. Um, we save that one for later. But it's like a that's a well, he can that's a the best personal brand in the world is Donald Trump, whether we love him or hate him. The guy's personal brand is so big he he ran the free world. Um, so that's a huge example of clarity. He was clear and consistent, consistent in what he did, and so. Yeah. Well, um, and so the power of personal brand is demonstrated by that. Um, but yeah, what do, who do I like? I, I have a few, but there are people you might not know of. Um, but I'll I'll give a few. So, um, there's a great guy that I love, absolutely love, called in the US called Ryan Serhan, and he was somebody who I he, he um he's a real estate agent in the in the um in the US. Um, but he was one of the million dollar listing guys. He was he was one of the TV million dollar listings. What I loved about Ryan that resonated with me. Why did I like him? Um, I thought he was an idiot when I watched his. I watched the program and I was like, what an idiot! And then I bought his book. I was like, oh, okay, I can't help myself. And it turned out he was an ex performer who had left the performing arts to pursue a career in real estate, which was literally like everything was like clink clink, clink. and it was his brand that kind of gave me a blueprint of like it's possible because he'd taken the performing arts and and what i love about him is he brought he's his brand is so authentically um geeky nerdy but really also like in and, and he's multi 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 millionaire you know he's one of the he's the most i think he's one of the most successful real estate agents in the us wow like, right he's right up there like he's right up there now but watching his brand grow has been incredible and i i took a lot of influence and inspiration from his brand so i'd highly recommend people look him up wait um, so his name again ryan serhant s-e-r-h-a-n-t okay ryan and, um, his book is called sell it like serhant and um, oh. and, it, and it's it, i was like you know i'm not a big sales book it was the first sales book my wife's an ex-ballet dancer professional ballet dancer so it's a similar and she would listen to it as well. And it's the first time where it took personal, like it was like performing um, topics and performing training and putting it into sales. So it was the first time where I was like, I, uh, this guy's speaking my language. And then I'd watch the brand and he's incredible. And so a lot of my stuff is from that. And that's why I like it. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There's lots, but I want to make sure I give you ones that you'd know. Um, there's a wonderful guy in the UK called Jamie Alderton. Um, so Jamie Alderton, which is, he was Grenade J. Um, I've followed him for a long time, but I think his personal brand is a great example of somebody who is, he's not some sort of super celebrity, you know, he's an example of someone who's built a really solid foundational personal brand that has definitely guided my blueprint from a young, like, you know, I've followed him for about 10 years. He's an amazing one as well. And his he's a great example of, if you followed his, we talk about businesses, if you followed his business trajectory, He's failed loads. He's won loads, but his brand is always going up. Brand wow. growing, but his businesses might not be. And he's now, you know, he does so many different things. And so he's also an incredible father, and he shows that through his content. And I think wow. that's another thing I like. So those are the types of people, you know. I'm not. I don't really look up to like your big Elon Musk's and things like that because I think they have a team. You know, they have a team behind them, and thousands and thousands of pounds. They're all very good, but I, I like to analyze like really like people who actually have an impact on me. You know, we all have ones who, who like, you, you know, they, they just made an impact when you didn't realize. So those are my two, definitely. I've got five, but I won't go all five. <laughs> that that sounds, sounds great. Um, so uh, location marketing. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> How do you come become a geolocation specify uh, specific uh, influencer, so to speak? So, okay, so so this geolocation thing is becoming is very important to John. So yeah. more I know why. I get why though, John. I've, I've just read your comment at the bottom. I understand what you mean. 
about like location is hugely undervalued. Right. Location marketing hugely undervalued. So, yeah. so what do you think about that, Ash? I think he's. I think he's spot on. I think you're actually now. I now I understand. It's all clicked in. I get what you mean now. Um, yeah, geolocation marketing is hugely, hugely undervalued. Um, and one of the first things, if I'm chatting to somebody who's a client or a potential client or anyone who's in a, in a workshop, like if your business warrants and can de deal like location, like um, yeah, in your in your in your current location and not broader you're way better off doubling down there uh, and building your community like that so i would say how do you become a how do you become a geolocation specificity i can never pronounce that uh, influencer this is really interesting actually john because um it's actually what we did as, a, as an estate agent because you're geo locked anyway you have to you can only work in a certain patch so it's the exact same thing this stuff happens all the time how do you do it you have to just become like we said about being a very well-known person, um, it's you actually need to be a well-known person in your area. So, what Facebook is probably the one to use on that. You know, LinkedIn, LinkedIn and Instagram. If you're trying to be geo-specific, LinkedIn and Instagram. Realistically, I wouldn't bother with it. Um, Facebook is going to be your best friend with geo stuff because you with, with location-based stuff because it's all about that. You can get into the groups, you can build a group, you know, you can get into the local local groups. And also, you need to be very much the community guy or girl. You know, there's the person who support, supports that community, invests in that community. Um, it's an entirely different strategy, I think, than well, – it's, it's not. It's the same strategy, but it's, it's actually easier. But everyone's overlooking it because it's not sexy. So they're like, oh, I want to be a global influencer. But the truth is, if you, if you build it locally, you have such a bigger impact and then it will overspill naturally. So I think um, the way to do it is you have to think local. Get on the business, support local businesses, be involved with local businesses. Um, don't, like, you know, be, be out. It's quite hard with COVID right now, but then actually in some ways it could be quite easy because people need to connect more now in the local area than ever before. So use that. You know, I'd set up like a, like a location-specific podcast, talk mm -hmm. about that. You know, there's loads of things you can do. But I, I actually agree with you, John, with it being that it's I think it's hugely undervalued because I think we um we've took our eye off the ball because we all want to have a million followers and 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 sell books and courses, which is what I want. <laughs> the same as you, Jane. But you know, yeah. it's that type of thing of I think that um the way to do it is actually go a bit old school with it. Yeah, and of course the other thing about Facebook is that it's still relatively affordable, isn't it, to do Facebook ads? And so um obviously Facebook ads you can target by geolocation as well yeah. very easily. So Oh it's better as well. It works better with that, the geolocation with Facebook ads. Exactly, exactly. So um before we go, uh Ash, um just want to know what kind of products do you have? Do you do you have a course? Do you work with people one to one? I mean, how do you actually deliver your your services yeah sure so um currently i have um yeah so um, my, my main thing is my podcast and my youtube channel so mm -hmm. i'm a big believer in if anyone wants to come and work with me consume some of that content first because um there's a ton of value in there that will help you if you you know before we ever get past that thing so i'm a big advocate of when people go i want to work with you and i'm like yeah just just watch that first because it might answer some more questions and it might save you some money um but i do have i currently work one-to-one -one with people so i'm a one-to-one -one coach um, we do like eight week courses as in eight week one-to-one -one coaching blocks. And, um, it's all around brand strategy, marketing, things like that. I do have a course that's coming out. Um, it was out last year. It's quite, it's been, it was out last year, did really, really well, but it's being revamped at the moment to come out in Q2, um, which is my personal brand mastery method, mm. um, which is, which is actually talk about, which is great segue for you, Jane, with the curation. So this is my, effectively, this is everything i've learned over the, since i started making videos in my mortgage business how to do it correctly and all of the things i've learned that were wrong so the positioning the ecosystems the the you know effectively teaching you all the things to do and also more importantly all the thing all the maybe the little mistakes that might be letting water spill out of the holes in the bucket so to speak so um uh, that you know in in march of q2 um so but if you're interested in that um, you can just connect with me on LinkedIn and it will be announced and it will be around um, there. But like I said, I'm the mostly check out the YouTube channel and the podcast. That's the main one. 
Awesome. And of course, if you're on LinkedIn, then uh, make sure that you follow Ash on there because he's on there every single day and, you know, with some great content as well. So, <laughs> thank yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been, I knew this would be a great interview and it really has been. As I said, I could have talked to you for at least another hour. But um, anyway, we, we, we usually try and keep it to an hour or under. So, Thank you so much, Ash, for joining us. Um, just some great content tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been amazing. I've, I've, I've actually really loved being on it. It's really nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a great feeling. It's nice. I like doing these later ones because um, I feel like I'm out of work. Yeah, I know. It's just like, uh, I mean, it's a little bit like kind of sitting around in the pub, isn't it? Except without the drink, without the alcohol and without the ambience. But <laughs> <laughs> I've got ambience in here. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you very much and um, see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Connector podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to janebaylor.com and order a copy of my free report on building your personal brand. I'd love to connect with you on social media. And finally, don't forget to like and subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss a show. Thanks for listening in and see you soon.